0: You're listening to Jewish Matters with Rabbi Jonathan Feldman. Good evening, everyone. And tonight we're starting a new series in our Jewish Spirituality series, uh, Going Deeper. And the first topic, the first area we're going to look at is Jewish meditation, A Path to Inner Peace. And many people think when you start talking about meditation, they think particularly of Eastern religions. And um, more recently uh, Buddhism, Hinduism had their popularity starting in the 1970s and then meditation was taken to a more general audience through TM, Transcendental Meditation, which is kind of more a generic type meditation style, which I think is having a comeback. But people do not associate meditation with Judaism. That's kind of the last place that they think to look. Yet, what we're going to see is that there is a very rich, full tradition of Jewish meditation. And one that we can access. So if you think about Jewish meditation, the uh, earliest texts you would look at are in the Torah itself, in the Hebrew Bible, in the Tanakh and we see scenes where Abraham goes into a deep trance-like state and has visions. And these are identified as prophetic visions, however, uh, the paths, the steps towards those prophetic experiences often involve meditative techniques. And Rabbi Arya Kaplan, uh, the uh, great presenter of Judaism and mysticism and Kabbalah of the last half of the 20th century, he wrote a book called Meditation and the Bible. And in it, he shows, he argues through linguistic proofs that the prophets attained this level of divine communion through these developed meditative techniques. They would go out into the deserts for a month on end. They also used music to get them to a different state of awareness and a different state of mental state of being. So those are our earlier texts for Jewish meditation, but uh, we don't have prophecy anymore, which ended with the close of the Hebrew Bible in the year, in the 500s BCE. So we're talking 2,500 years ago. However, after that we still see evidence of meditation. The most overt one in the next period in the Talmudic period, it says in the Talmud, in the Babylonian Talmud brachot, that the elders used to spend an hour before prayer and an hour after prayer. What were they doing? The Talmud doesn't say exactly, but we can surmise that they were doing what we would call today meditation. They were preparing themselves for prayer. and Now, prayer and meditation are two very distinct modes, and we'll talk about the differences, especially when we talk about prayer. But in a nutshell, you could say that prayer is outer-directed and meditation is inner-directed. Now, there are similarities. Uh, What are the similarities? So, first of all, the first step towards meditation or prayer is what's called hit bodidut, which literally means badad is to be alone, hit is uh, hit pa'el, the reflexive form of the verb. It means to self-isolate. I'll talk about whether you need to self-isolate physically, but it means internally. It means that our focus is no longer on our external senses and stimuli, but our focus is on our internal self. And the first step needs to be to take our focus away from what's going on around us and to be open up our inner world. That's the first step. The second step is uh, what's called kavana, which is directed intentionality, if you will. And that is being able to focus and concentrate. Now, we're gonna see different types of meditation, but the ability to then direct our thoughts towards the experience you wanna have is the next step. And the third step, which Jewish meditation, which is key to Jewish meditation, it's what's called Devekut, or connection to the Almighty, to the Divine, to the spiritual dimension. And, Uh, the goal of meditation is going to be to connect to the divine. Now, back to our Talmudic text that they used to spend an hour before prayer. So what were they doing? They were working on achieving a state of Hidbodidut, of turning inside, not being preoccupied with their external surroundings, being able to focus internally, finding centeredness, and being in that place of being ready to connect. And then the next step of prayer is communicating with that which is beyond us, with the divine, with the almighty, or what Martin Buber called the I-Thou relationship. So meditation does not bring in that step, so it's more self-reflexive, but it doesn't mean we cannot bring divine God elements, elements of God awareness, into our meditation. But it's more about our own connecting to the divine rather than communicating with the divine, if you will. That would be the difference. So we will get to this. Uh, Before we do, we have to mention a couple of other types of meditation in Judaism. And here we have to turn to the Kabbalah. And in Kabbalistic tradition, there's a very rich tradition of Meditation, and that's probably if you look for meditative techniques, that's where most people think to look. So Rabbi Ari Kaplan wrote two other books on meditation. He wrote a book called simply Jewish Meditation about the fact about the general theme of meditation in Judaism. And then he wrote a book called Meditation and Kabbalah. And there he brought together many, many sources of Kabbalistic texts that are involved in meditation. Now, what's notable about Kabbalistic meditation is that often it will involve, the first step is, uh, divine names. Uh, the divine name, the Yud and the Hey and the Vav and the He, and visualizing the divine names, different permutations of de- divine names, and um, And then there are other different, these are called Kavanot, which the Ari, Rabbi Isaac Luria, integrated into Jewish prayer. So there's a whole subtext of the prayer book that is a meditation on these divine names. We're not going to get into that because that's particularly, specifically is what the rabbis warned against uh, being involved with Kabbalah, the practical Kabbalah. And I do not get involved in those types of Kabbalistic meditations. I know there are different places and movements and teachers who will introduce these techniques to people who are relatively starting out in their Jewish journey, in their spiritual journey. I believe this is a mistake and that the Kabbalists warned against this and that one has to have a certain level of spiritual prof- uh discipline and spiritual evolution to be able to do those types of meditations. However, there are more basic meditations which are more accessible to us. Now, when we talk about meditation, there are two types of meditation. There's what I'd call passive meditation and active meditation passive meditation is what we often associate with meditation particularly eastern meditations particularly buddhism which is the practice of simply being able to sit and clear out one's mind of any thoughts and just learn to be and while this might bring about a certain uh, a certain inner peace I don't know what to tell you, I know there are Jews who practice this, but uh, for me this does not appear to be Jewish meditation. I think uh, for me it's much more of, uh, as Jews our minds are always racing, always analyzing, always active, and so passive meditation is kind of going against the grain so radically, um, to be honest I really haven't tried it. and. Um, so, as I said, it could work for some people who have that temperament. Uh, I do have friends who uh, used to go on silent retreats a week, ten days, and uh, there's the joke that uh, you know, there's a guy who goes to the silent uh, uh, retreat, and um, in India, and he's there. Uh, the monastery uh, He's there for an extended period of time and it's a silent monastery except once a year they have a meeting with their master and they're allowed two words so uh, Jacob is there for a year and after a year he's looking forward to his first meeting he's got his first meeting with his Master, and his two words, he says, food bad. And his master says, yeah, I know, okay, we'll see what we can do. We know you come from a different background. So they improve the food a little bit. Time goes on, he reached his his second meeting, and they sit down in the room, and uh, he says, bed hard. And the master says, I know, and now after two years you've learned self-discipline, we can do something, they get him a better mattress. And after the third year, he comes before his master, and he says, uh, I go, and his master answers him, he says, yeah, you probably don't belong here, all you do is complain. So. Uh, There are Jews who did Tanit Dibor, a fast of words, literally, particularly in the month of Elul, which is coming up in a couple of weeks, the month before Rosh Hashanah. There were people who had the practice to only speak words of Torah or words of godliness and holiness. So that's the Jewish version of a silent retreat. But uh, this mode of emptying out one's thoughts and one's mind is found in some of the Kabbalistic meditations, uh, bitul Hayesh, self-nullification, merging with the one. Uh, However, the meditation, which I'm more drawn to, and have shared with others, is what one might call active meditation. And active meditation is more guided thought, if you will. Uh, So it's Uh, Usually a narrative that leads one through certain steps and certain visualizations and certain thoughts uh, to attain that different state. And for me that does do it as well. Uh, It's said that meditation can change your alpha waves, your brain waves. Uh, I definitely feel in an altered state when I do that type of meditation. And uh, it doesn't have to be silent. It can be active meditation. I'm also not so familiar with it, but in Hindu meditation, I believe, they do have, uh, especially mantra meditation, taking a line from Sanskrit. So there are rabbis who practice this. There was also a school of meditation. <coughs> Excuse me. Glad I'm not near you without a mask. Uh, they do uh, what is called um, uh The Balimusar, the School of Personal Growth and Self-Development, would take one line from the Torah. For instance, Ve'ahavta l'arecha kamocha, Love your neighbor as yourself. And they would take that line and repeat it dozens, hundreds of times, day after day, to truly get that idea into one's heart, into oneself. So there is a type of mantra meditation in Judaism, Rabbi Arya Kaplan once again even suggests using the prayer book as a type of mantra meditation and saying the words of the prayer slowly one by one. Uh, once again we can get to that when we talk about prayer. But what we're going to do and uh, is more of an active guided meditation on larger themes and I would like to share a meditation with you. Now, in terms of practicing meditation, So the dilemma is that often we don't feel like we're in the mood to meditate. And it's particularly at that moment, those moments, when we probably need it the most. That's what's powerful about prayer, is that prayer is a mitzvah. We're commanded to pray every day. And so we pray even when we don't feel like it, which, as I said, is probably often the times when we need it the most. So because... Uh, meditation is optional, uh, it's harder to, to exercise it. Rabbi Nachman of Breslov, so we were talking about um, the Biblical prayer is in the Prophets, the Talmudic, uh, sorry, the Biblical meditation, the Talmudic meditation is with the elders before prayer, the Medieval, the Kabbalistic meditations. In more modern times, Rabbi Nachman of Breslov, the Hasidic master and teacher, who lived 200 years ago but still is followed today. They never replaced him in their Hasidic movement. So he would advocate hidbodidut, self-isolation, going into a room or going out in the forest and just spending time alone with God. And he advocated conversation with the Almighty, which really goes more now towards prayer. But the first step of simply being alone and spending time and on not being active doing anything external those elements are there so the first thing is finding the setting which often does mean being alone or if you're meditating with a group you don't have to sit on the floor on a mat Uh, if you don't want to I do not uh, I cannot cross my legs so for me that's an uncomfortable position the first step is finding a comfortable position it might mean dimming the lights, it might mean sitting on a balcony looking out over a sunrise or a sunset, or by a lake, or in mountains, the city is much harder, although in Central Park there are lots of places you could meditate, or in Tel Aviv by the, by the, by the ocean. So finding the right setting. Then state of mind, as we said, even if you don't feel like you're in the mood to meditate, but you have to have the will to want to do it. And Maimonides emphasizes the fact that we have to relax our bodies first as the first step towards prayer and meditation. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna first do the relaxation. And by the way, there are many times where I'll just do the relaxation part of the meditation. And that in itself can be a meditation. It can be a calming release of tension from the body which brings our mind to a different state and allows it to center itself. And through that, uh, achieve a type of almost passive meditation. But then we're going to go on to an active meditation. So uh, it's a little weird doing this on a podcast or on Zoom, but people are doing it and this is the medium we have now. So, <laughs> excuse me. So that's what we're going to do. This will last about five to seven minutes, although it'll probably feel like much longer. So I'm going to ask you to um, to take the plunge, even if you have not meditated before. So find the right environment, go in a room, close the door, and the first step is finding a comfortable. Position, often will be sitting with one's back straight, leaning on something, hands probably on one's thighs. I also suggest closing one's eyes where you'll find much easier to concentrate. And the first step is going to be to loosen our shoulders. So try to feel the looseness around our neck and shoulders and bring that now into the arms. And now let's let our arms feel heavy, almost like dead weights. And start to relax from the forearm, the biceps, down through the elbows and the rest of the arm, into the forearms, and through our wrists into our hands. And then continue, and by the way, even relaxing the fingers and you might already start to feel a little bit of a tingling, which is the nervous energy uh, pulsating to our body and exiting it. So then continue on from the neck down into the spine, relax our back, and now let's start taking a deep breath. Exhale, not so deep that you start hyperventilating, but just a nice full breath. Filling our lungs and exhaling slowly. And so often, we don't allow ourselves to take a full breath. And to really fill our lungs, and to really be able to expand ourselves. And as we breathe in, that's how the awareness of breathing in the breath of life, a life-giving oxygen which fills our lungs, and then is transferred to our bloodstream, pumping to the extremities of our body, and giving us life and vitality. And as we exhale, we let go of all of the negativity, all of the tension, and let out even carbon dioxide, which is waste material. So, as we exhale, we let go of our tension. Now continue to breathe fully but not excessively. As we continue to relax down the front of our torso, relax our chest, our solar plexus, and even under the lungs, the solar plexus, an involuntary muscle. But we can learn to relax that. regular, unimpeded, untense breathing. Now continue into our stomach where we hold a lot of tension. And almost picture our stomach like a rope that's being unraveled, that's being untied. So now the whole upper body should be relaxed. And we continue on to our legs. Relax through our hips, into our legs, and let our legs start to feel heavy, relaxing the largest muscle in our body, our thighs, the top of our thighs, and even another muscle, the hamstrings at the bottom of our thighs. So let those relax, tension go down into our legs. Now, relax the calves. This is a place where I know personally I keep a lot of tension. So, I almost picture it like a toothpaste tube opening at the bottom, starting at the top, and let our calves relax going down. Until we get to our Achilles tendon, and then to our Achilles teal. If you haven't, take off your shoes. Relax through the legs. Through the calves, into the Achilles tendon. And now to the sole of our feet. And even the arch of our foot, there are muscles that need to be relaxed. And the top of our foot. And you might even feel yourself trembling a little bit as you relax. And if you do this, just the relaxation part lying down, you'll really feel it. But that's for another time. Now through our feet, top of our feet, into our toes. And let the tension come out through the bottom of our toes and the bottom of our fingers. Till our entire torso is relaxed. Take a deep breath. And let go of the tension through our body. Now we come to our jaw, let our mouth hang a little, and let the tension dissipate. The jaw is a place we hold a lot of tension as well, clenching sometimes. Relax into our tongue, also a big muscle up into our face muscles and even smiling can make us tense. So relax the muscles in our face, in our cheeks, and now go up into our eye sockets where we have muscles as well directing the eye. Relax around the eyes, up into the forehead. And by the way as you're relaxing your face you might feel your legs and your arms twitching and relaxing more because when we take our focus off of it it's easier sometimes to relax the rest of our body. Up into our forehead, relax the skin on our forehead. Yes, there are even muscles there. And now up to our scalp, starting at the front of the scalp. Relax through our, the crown of our head up until the back of our head, behind our ears, where we also hold tension even. And now we come back to where we started, to the back of our neck. Take a deep breath, exhale, second, without the extra tension. And a third time. Now we're gonna start to visualize a light, a source of light. It could be the sun, it could be Shabbat candles. And see the brightness of that light the yellow quality, but also the brightness of the enlightenment. Feel the warmth in our face and allow that light to envelop us all around. Feel it almost cradling us, yet connecting us with that which is around us. And that is the Ormakif, that is the surrounding light the divine light in the world that surrounds us, connects us, and protects us, allow ourselves to be cradled by that light. And now, picture the light as a beam, as a focus light and picture it coming towards us and now turn inside and find within us that inner point, that inner centeredness, that deepest recess of us, of who we are. And what we'll see and we'll notice we'll probably often do, is that we put up barriers we put up walls around our heart, walls of pain walls of separation, walls of lack of trust, walls of being afraid of our own feelings and self. And feel that light cutting through those barriers. And peel those barriers away almost like the skin of an onion. Peel it away until our hearts are revealed. And feel the light coming into our heart. Feel it filling up our hearts with warmth and goodness and love, God's love. allow our heart to accept that love and that warmth and that light and that goodness and allow ourselves to feel good and to feel settled and to feel at one and at peace and that's the Orp name, that's the inner light, the inner light of our souls connected to the Divine and serving as a channel, a conduit for the Divine within us and for the Divine to flow in from outside of us and open ourselves up to God's goodness and God's bounty. Let's just sit with that light flowing in us and feel it fill us and overflow and feel that we want to share that love with others. Think of someone we know who's full of that love and that giving. It might be a parent, it might be someone special we know and feel like we're capable of that overflow of love and of giving and goodness. Let's sit for a few seconds with that. Now we're going to come out of the meditation. Give you a few more seconds. Okay, now we're going to come out, and as we do, I'm going to count from five backwards to one. And as we come out, let's try and put into our minds that we should feel that openness of the heart and the light flowing in, and the surrounding light and the inner light throughout the rest of our day, and carried into the coming days, that it should remain with us. Five, four three, two, one. You can open your eyes. I hope that this meditation has been meaningful. Next week we'll talk about Jewish mindfulness, which is also a way of connecting to the Divine, as we continue our series on Jewish spirituality going deeper have a good evening everyone good night